Hello and welcome to Theater 5 from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Theater 5 presents The Imposters. Oh, thank you. To the Cromwell place, please. The, uh, Cromwell estate? You got that right, miss? Well, I received this letter of instructions from the butler, Mr. Victor Hammersmith. I've accepted a job as Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell's housekeeper. Well, I guess it'll be okay then, but let me warn you that Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell are a couple of spooks. What do you mean? If they want anything, they telephone. It gets delivered. But only to the gate, no further. No one's allowed in, no one ever comes out. Well... How about the butler on his day off? Doesn't he come to town? Ah, they don't keep a car, and it's a long walk to town, so I never see him. I thought it was clearing, but from the direction of that lightning, it looks like we're in for more of the same. Well, maybe we can get there before it breaks. Set your bag down there. That's it. And now, uh, turn around. Turn... Are, are you Mr. Hammersmith? Yes, yes, yes. Now turn around, I say. Well, you mean like this? Uh, the agency said you were five feet four exactly. I am. Turn around again. Face me. Face me, I said. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Listen... It was five hours on that train, and I'm tired. Would you mind telling me where my quarters are? Forgive me, Angela. I've been so anxious to see you to find out if you measured up to what they led me to expect, and you are perfect. Here, here. Now, let me help you with the raincoat. Well, that's better. I'll fix a nice supper for us. You must be hungry after the train. Matter of fact, I am. Good. And uh, drink first, hmm? Why, thank you, Mr. Hammersmith. Victor. My name's Victor. Sit down. I've been preparing for your arrival, and I'm very anxious to know you. Oh, 
Well, when you mentioned supper, I expected a few cold cuts, but this was fit for a queen. Thank you, Victor. I'm very glad that you can truly appreciate good food and excellent wine. Uh, you remember that was another of my requirements. Yes, my height, my education, my taste, my ambitions. You were the one who made all those requirements? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell had only two conditions, that you have good experience in service, which uh, you do have, and that you're prepared not to make any personal contacts outside the walls of this estate. You agreed to that in your notarized statement. I sure did. Look at the salary I get in addition to room and board. So, uh, you accepted for the money. $600 a month is good pay. Why are you content to stay cooped up behind these walls? For the same reason you just gave me. Money. I see the possibilities of becoming a very rich man. Here? As a butler? You have a great deal more to talk about after we know each other better. Good night, my dear. All right, Victor. Good night. Yes, Angela. Tea is served in the drawing room, ma'am. Oh, thank you. Will Mr. Cromwell be joining me? He's already there, ma'am. Good. Walk along with me, Angela. Oh, yes, ma'am. I wish to compliment you on the fine service you've given us these past few weeks. Why, thank you, ma'am. I imagine sometimes you find it very lonely here. Oh, well, not too lonely. Oh, Victor, eh? He's good company. <laughs> oh, I'm relieved to hear that. We've had several other housekeepers. Victor disapproved of all of them. Here we are. Charles, I've been telling Angela how pleased we are with her. Well, that's a coincidence. I already informed her that because she's worked out so well, we're increasing her salary $25 a month. Uh, sit down, my dear. Thank you. That uh, will be all, Angela. Yes, sir. Uh, close the door after you, Angela. Yes, ma'am. Agnes, I was upstairs in the attic this morning. I noticed a good deal of moisture along the beams. I'm afraid we're going to need a new roof over the main section. Oh, no, not more repairs. Well, you know what that means, the workmen, the danger. Why don't we get rid of this place? And have to arrange all the financial details of such a move? Have to come face to face with the attorneys? <laughs> with the others who will become involved? Oh, you're right, as usual. Very well, telephone for the carpenters. I'll start signing whatever must be signed. Good. I thought you'd see the necessity. I never thought I could feel this way about anyone. I love you, Victor. So, uh, now you have two loves, hmm? Two? No, just you. No, 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 no. Two. Me and money. Or am I wrong? You are right, my dear. Oh, to have both, I would want nothing more. You can have both. We can get married and we can be rich. Oh, Victor, you don't have to hand me a line. No, no, it's true, Angela, it's true. What are you talking about? Shh. I've got it all worked out down to the finest details. It's absolutely foolproof. It just depends now on you. Well, if that means marrying you, my darling, I will agree to anything. Anything, Angela? Anything? 
Would you agree to, uh, murder? Did you say murder? How would you like to be mistress of this place, to own the fortune that belongs to oh, her? Oh, Victor, how could we ever do that? By following my plan. It's a perfect setup, Angela. When Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell are both dead, you and I will have everything within the walls of this estate and all the money sitting in that bank in town. But won't they be missed? Won't the police come searching? Not if we make no mistakes. You see, Angela, you and I will become Mr. and Mrs. Charles Cromwell. What do you mean? Well, can't you see the resemblance between Mr. Cromwell and me? Well, yes. And you resemble Mrs. Cromwell. I made very sure before I hired you, you remember? Yes, I do, but suppose other members of the family show up. Suppose there are doubts about us. I've checked very carefully. There was a brother, but he died last year. He left his money to the Cromwells. But now there are no relatives. I'm a very skillful forger. I can sign his name so that even he can't tell the difference. I tested him once. I'll teach you how to forge her signature. You see, all transactions with their attorney, with their bank, all their contacts with the world outside these walls are made through the mail. Well, that sounds perfect. Yeah, but it gets better. No one is certain anymore of exactly what they look like. The fools have built their own little world within this estate only as it's going to turn out, my dearest Angela. They built it for us. Perfect. You've acquired speed and facility. The lines no longer appear studied or uncertain. Perfect forgery. Now, when did your father die? Around July or August 1948. Bless his soul. Oh, that's very good. That's one of her phrases. Well, then. When, Victor? When? I've, I've learned everything. I can write exactly as she can. I can move like her. I can talk like her. And you are perfect as Mr. Cromwell, and it's been two months, so when, when? You're right. Yes, it is time. Very well, I'll, I'll, I'll say you're indisposed. You can stay in your room, touch a virus. I'll serve them dinner. Roast capon with wild rice, a robust red burgundy, and arsenic. Tonight? Tonight. Come downstairs now. They're dead? And buried in the center of the plum orchard. I covered the area with sod. The ground hardly looks disturbed. Oh, Victor. We're rich, Angela, and this place is ours. And we can have everything we want now. Come on, Angela. We'll dine in the dining room and toast the future. <laughs> 
I've just been to the mailbox outside the gate. Well, did it come? The bank accepted our signatures as I knew they would. Look, oh. Angela. Our first withdrawal, $5,000 in cash. Oh, my. Oh, just the feeling of money. The glorious, green, luxurious feel of so much money. Mmm. It even smells rich. And <laughs> Now think of it, dear. There's two million dollars more where that came from. I've thought of nothing else for weeks. What can we buy? I want to spend and spend and spend. Well, have some dresses sent here on approval, Ooh. perfume, jewelry. Oh, here, here. Here's the rest of the mail. All right. Oh, a stack of catalogs. Look, look through them and order whatever you want. I'll be down by the pool if you'd like to join me. Oh, Victor, what's this? Well, that envelope? Uh... Where'd you get that? Well, it was stuck in the fold of this pamphlet. I must have overlooked it. Let me see. Addressed to a Mr. Frederick Mason. The mailman must have dropped it into our box by mistake. Oh, no. It says in care of Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell. So it does. Return address, Zurich, Switzerland. Hmm. Open it. Yeah. We can burn it. Whoever sent it will think it was lost. Well, what does it say? Dear Father, you shouldn't have paid the entire four years' tuition to the university here. I tried to tell you when I last saw you years ago that I had serious doubts about my ability to earn a degree. Now I've quit, and they refuse to return any of that money. I have enough, however, for a flight back to the States. I'll see you soon to ask your forgiveness... Paul. Who are these people? Well, I haven't the vaguest notion. But he says he's coming here to see his father. Yeah, I know, I know. Could you have slipped up somewhere? No, not anywhere. But I don't understand this at all. Well, we've got to do something. I mean, if he's coming here. He is not. Some fool has made a mistake, that's all. I won't let anyone pass that gate. <laughs> Who is it? Who's out there at the gate? Father, is that you? Hey, please, take that flashlight off my face. I can't see. I am not your father. No one lives here but my wife and myself. Oh, Mr. Cromwell, I didn't recognize your voice. I'm sorry to disturb you. Who are you? Paul Mason. If you'll just tell my father that I'm I don't know you or your father. But you must. I'm Frederick Mason's son. You know, the butler. The... The butler? Well, it's been a long time since I visited Dad, and I guess I have grown. I... I have no butler here. You haven't? Well, when did Father leave? Well, well it must I... have been very recently. If you'll just give me his forwarding address... Young man, I never even heard of your father. What? Now, if you'll just get back into your taxi... Well, just there, a and... minute, Mr. Cromwell. Well, you're making a mistake, oh, sir. Oh, no, my young friend. You're the one who's making a mistake. Now, get out of here and stop bothering me. Here comes a car, Victor. Yes, I see it. It's the police. Oh. And that young man from last night is with him. Oh. Well, stay right there, Paul, while I talk to them. Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Cromwell? What do you want? Uh, just some information. Well, what kind of information? 
I'm looking for Frederick Mason. Uh, he was your butler. Well, that's what that young man claimed last night, but I assure you, Lieutenant, I don't know what he's talking about. Oh, that's very peculiar. Why do you say that? Well, this uh, letter that Paul Mason gave me. It was mailed from right here only two weeks ago. You're certain? Take a look at the envelope. Ah, yes, I see. But, uh... This envelope doesn't indicate that it was sent from our mailbox out by the road. Oh, I know. So I checked with a mailman who has this route. He doesn't handle many letters sent to Switzerland, so he couldn't help noticing them. He told me that every two weeks for years, he's picked one up from your mailbox. Well, then someone else was using that box. I don't know any Frederick Mason. Well, he could have worked for you under an assumed name. I doubt that very much. Oh, it's possible, isn't it? Oh, uh, here, Mr. Cromwell. Paul gave me this snapshot of his father... It isn't a very clear picture, but maybe you can recognize him. Here, take a look. Hmm. I'd like to see it, too, if I'm... Well, what is it, Mrs. Cromwell? You recognize him? Uh, no, of course I don't. Obviously, this is uh, upsetting Mrs. Cromwell. I, I must ask you to leave. You don't know the man in the snapshot? No, I do not. Now, will you please go? All right, I'll have another talk with Paul Mason. Sorry for disturbing you. Goodbye, Mr. Cromwell. Bye, Lieutenant. Victor. Shh. You saw that snapshot. Didn't you recognize that man? Yes. We knew him as Mr. Cromwell. He's the one I killed. But he was the young man's father. I'm afraid he was. You've made a terrible mistake. I only know that for years they lived here as if they owned this place. But then they must have been impersonating the Cromwells, just as we've been doing. That would account for the isolation and the secrecy. Shut up. Doesn't that cop pull out of here? He's talking to the young man, and I don't like it. It'll be all right. Just don't panic. Smile. Smile, I said. That's it. If we pretend nothing's wrong... They are both coming over here. Well, Mr. Cromwell... I thought you were through bothering us, Lieutenant. Well, Paul just told me that he couldn't see you in the dark last night, and he hasn't been able to get a good look today, but... He's not interested in me. He's trying to find his father, isn't he? Well, Paul, uh... What do you say now? I... I still can't be sure. Uh, Mr. Cromwell, would you uh, please take off those dark glasses? Well, why should I? You've imposed on me enough. Now, will you get out of here? Well, I recall that Mr. Cromwell was taller and... Well, and he had less hair than this what man. What kind of nonsense is this? Well, when I was about 15 years old and my father was the butler, I visited here. I... I can remember Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell very clearly. Yes. You are not Mr. Cromwell. He's lying, Lieutenant. And her. I've never seen her before in my life. This is absolutely ridiculous. We can prove who we are. Victor, go up and get shut the papers. Up, shut Victor, is that your name, Victor? But, oh, of course not. She's upset. Exactly. She's upset. And she didn't take time to think. No, I... What's I... your last name, Victor? My name is Cromwell. Charles Cromwell. And she calls you Victor? And this young man can't recognize you? And you deny that until two weeks ago, Frederick Mason was sending mail from here? I tell you, we're Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell. Well, maybe you are, but I'm beginning to doubt it very much. Nothing adds up. Come on, I'm taking both of you into town. I intend to find out just exactly who you really are. <laughs> Right, 
you two come out of that cell. You're finally letting us go. You're satisfied now that we are Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell. No, I'm taking you over to Judge Slater to be booked for murder. Oh, murder? No. Well, that's ridiculous. Is it? We took up the cement floor in the basement. What? We found the bodies. The cement floor? A man and woman killed by gunshot about four years ago. From dental charts, we've identified them as the real Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell. But, Lieutenant, you can't book us for the murder of Mr. and Mrs. Cromwell. That's impossible. Is it? You said they were killed about four years ago. Well, four years ago, I was finishing a term in Atlanta for forgery. Yes, I know. We've got your records. But I thought you said that... We also did some digging in the plum orchard. Oh. We found two more bodies, recently killed by arsenic. Paul Mason has identified his father... Those victims were murderers themselves who impersonated the Cromwells. They're the ones you killed. We'll have no trouble proving that. And you figured this for years, you said. No one would ever know. A perfect setup. Well, it was, it was. Only someone beat us to it. Presented The Imposters, written by Peter Fernandez, produced and directed by Warren Somerville. In the cast, Arnold Moss, Leslie Woods, Claudia Morgan, Jeff David, and Ian Martin. Audio engineers, Marty Folia and Neil Fultz. Sound technician, Ed Blaney. Script editor, Jack C. Wilson. Original music by Alexander Vlastotsenko. Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Osser. Executive producer for Theater 5, Ted Bell. We invite your comments. Write to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. That's Theater 5, New York 23, New York. This is Fred Foy speaking. This has been an ABC Radio Network production.